Hello and welcome to the 5th Trooper Network Holiday Special. My name is Jay Shalansky and joining me today is a ton of people. So let's get them introduced one at a time. Dash from Notorious Scoundrels. Hey everybody. Kyle slash Orchimedes from Notorious Scoundrels. Hello. Evan from the 5th Trooper Podcast. Hey, how's it going? And we have Mike Cirillo, otherwise known as Ghostwalking. How's it going? And we have Zach Barry, otherwise known as Thrawn. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's going great. So this is our holiday special. For those of you who are listening, we are currently right now on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast feed. Uh, this is part one. We will have part two on the Fifth Trooper podcast. And then also uh, throughout both episodes, we're going to be actually hearing from the rest of the community. So we went out and tried to reach as many of the uh, the community members as we can to come on and say a little something to you guys about the holidays. So we'll be peppering those throughout the show. And, uh, you know, we reached out to as many as we can. And for those that you'll hear, you'll hear. And for those that you didn't, they tried and we just couldn't get it scheduled. So that's that. So what's up, everybody? What are you guys, what are you guys hoping is going to happen for Christmas? Wait. Let's start with Dash. Tell me, Dash, what are you looking forward to for Christmas? What am I looking forward to for Christmas? I am looking forward to um, getting Ided Versio sometime uh, in 2022. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Big oof. <laughs> but I'm very Germany. excited about it. Germany will get her next year. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I just have to fly out there. But but in all seriousness, I'm extremely excited about the the new uh, Iden and Cassian stuff that got previewed. Um, hopefully, it doesn't take that long. But I'm sure that once it does get here, it will be absolutely fantastic. Um, I think it said Q1 in the article, so uh, it would be great if it was in time for Worlds. I would I would love to try and put those characters on the table for that. But um, anyways, I guess my Christmas wish is that it is here in time for Worlds. Yeah, I guess, too, that if half the stuff that they've been we've been a waiting for and b the new announcements all hits in time for Worlds, that is going to be a crazy world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Forward. It's all listed for Q1. So, I mean, I guess that's possible now that might be before the delays, but, you know. Well, yeah. So with worlds being at the end of the month, you could you could see some potential releases. Like if it's the first week of the month, right, or within the first twelve days, it'd be legal for yeah. worlds. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think Iden and Cassian are going to shake it up nearly as much as um, Vital Assets will. Yeah. Um, and I think if that if that drops before worlds, it's going to be it's going to be crazy and fantastic. Um, Especially I if that's the be. first drop of the of <laughs> like of March, right? Like right before yeah. right before Worlds, like you got twelve days to practice with it and uh, figure that'd out. That'd be my dream. <laughs> the dream. A dream. I don't know. I feel my blood pressure and anxiety going up immensely. Yeah, that sounds like the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> Speak for yourselves. I'm all for people not having any clue what's going on. It sounds amazing. Well, you want 45 minute setup times every game? Absolutely. <laughs> it's better than two hours. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. 
Uh, speaking of 45 minute setup times, Kyle, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> um, I'm just looking for another fun year of Legion. I think even like just what we have previewed in the first quarter, obviously Mike talked about vital assets and Iden, but just all the other stuff. I'm super excited about the operatives, Luke and Vader. Um, I've obviously been running around with Jedi Luke, uh, enjoying myself. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for him. And I'm just excited to spend another year hanging out with you guys and all my other fun Legion friends. So, oh, well, the wholesome answer. <laughs> that's, that's so nice. We're gonna go. We can only go down from there. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So, Zach, let's let's move on to you. What uh, what are you most thankful for in Legion? Like, what's the thing you're like? Oh man, this is this is what I'm thankful for about Legion. Uh, you know, I think it's all. Great it always answers. comes down. It always comes down to new units. And the reason why I bring that up is for the longest time, I've been a little bit down on Rebels. Uh, as we may know, uh, the Tauntauns running around have uh, taken my lust away from them. Um, but with Cashin uh, being, he's you know his announcement is huge for me. Uh, uh, hang on. I'm sorry. Who? Okay. I know. I said this so weird. I don't know why. Uh, but Cassian. Cashin, is, baby. Yeah, ca- yeah Cashin. Um, cat- <laughs> spell it, spell it. C a s s i a n. Um, but Cassian Andor is is like a top five character for me in Star Wars, and it makes me excited for Rebels again. And now I'm gonna have the problem of switching between clones and Rebels, and that's a good problem to have when playing a game. Um, you know, I don't necessarily want to put clones on the table every game. I don't necessarily want to put rebels on the table every game and having those great options and new units going forward is fantastic. Um, so I'm thankful for that. And, and this, you know, Legion is a bit, um, how do I want to put this? They, you know, FFG gets a little bit excited with their, you know, announcements and stuff like that, but it's, you know, it's Star Wars. We all get excited when we see it. Um, hopefully, you know, the delays don't continue, but it is what it is. You know, we'll get it when we get it. All right. Evan, my trash panda. What do you love about Legion, buddy? Well, uh, I actually love the fact that I can make a Hoth uh, army now, and it's like legitimately okay. Um, I'm looking forward to the new releases. I'd like to see... uh, So we we got the, uh, you know, Operative Vader Luke coming. I'd like to see uh, Operative other units, maybe uh, like Leia, to bring her back in the game for a different version um or units like that perhaps with i don't know uh hoth themed outfits so i can just put them in my army and i don't have to use alt sculpts that'd be pretty dope uh but right now i'm having a good time just playing rebels um i know i was hard on clones but until i get some new stuff it's they're just kind of a little dry until till new stuff comes out I love that you sound like you're in a trash can right now. That's my favorite part of this. <laughs> Do I? A little bit. <laughs> Is it that bad? No, All it's right. fine. It's perfect for you. <laughs> it's your home. It's okay. It's my it's my home, he says. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mike, go walking. Uh, what do you love about Legion? I love being able to travel. I've never been able to travel before in my life. So all of next year, I'll be in Vegas, Chicago, and Syracuse. It's like every corner of the country. Were you not allowed just to go before? around? Uh, yes, we'll go with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't in the cards, but uh, it's kind of cool to explore the country and just throw dice and push little figures around the table and hang out with friends. Well, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Look at that. Look at you guys. Very wholesome. So let's uh, let's take a second here and hear from the rest of the community. 
Hi, my name is Brad, also known as Nerfly Online. I am a streamer. Um, I am a part of Team Relentless, and I am also a map maker for the Invader League. Um, when it comes to Legion, I honestly I love this game more than pretty much any game in recent memory for me. The combination of turn-based ta tactics um, in this style of game, playing with the actual miniatures on the table in a face-to-face -face environment whenever I can, the very friendly community, and most importantly for me, Star Wars um, is really what drew me to this game, what made me love Legion so much. Um, I was a big fan of games like XCOM, um, even Civ V, just for Axis titles, kind of in that kind of turn-based style. So when Legion came around, I got hooked immediately and jumped on in. It also very uniquely scratches an itch um, for creative outlets for me. Um, I get to do a little graphics work around the community. And for map building, um, this game scratches it in a way that I haven't had a game scratch that kind of creative itch since Forge in the Halo games. Um, thanks to the TTS mod, where I can just kind of grab a whole bunch of terrain, mess around, create these cool maps. And then that's also inspired me to start doing that in real life as well on Hobby Table and refine those skills, which has been an interesting challenge for me. The main things I'm thankful for in Legion is really just the people that I've met and spent time with, either at conventions or through the Discord or on TTS. Um, those memories that are being made even on a daily basis sometimes, and especially at those large events, I'm going to carry with me forever, and these friendships feel extremely rock solid. Uh, the community is friendlier than most any gaming community I've ever been a part of, um, and that just saturates all the way down to the level and makes me want to keep coming back and keep playing more Legion. Christmas list. Two things. One, Operative Vader is actually legitimately on my Christmas list right now. If he comes out before then, I'm probably going to snag him myself, but he's still on the list. And then for future releases of what I hope might come out, man, I really want to see Ahsoka Tano. Really, really bad. I know Mike's a big fan of that too. I want to see her in her Rebels version. I want to see her in her Clone Wars version. I just can't wait to see the different kind of poses and what she's going to be able to do as a character. Hello, cadets and commanders. This is Ryan from the Stabcast. Uh, if you're not familiar, we are one of the oldest and least frequently produced podcasts. You can find us at SW Stabcast all over the internet, wherever you get better podcasts. Um, man, this going into this holiday season, a year and a half, almost two years of Legion, it has stuck with me on how much I, I love this game for, for a variety of reasons. Um, the incredible terrain we get to play on, the dynamic rules that are always shifting, the, the moving metagame, um, and the the idea that you're never going to play the same game of Legion twice really helps keep it fresh, even for somebody like me who, who just plays single faction. And that just keeps me coming back to Legion over and over and over again. And I'm super thankful for, for Legion for having the best, hands down, wargaming community that I've ever been a part of, let alone seen. It's been so much fun to get to know the, the community members over the years. I've never gone to a tournament and had a bad time. I've had one game of Legion that was not fun in almost two years. It's just uh, incredible events. We get the best tables, the best terrain, and events all over the country. You can find a Legion event near you probably once a month within a, an hour, two hour drive, hopefully, no matter where you live in the country. Um, and 
show me another war game that has such a diverse roster of units, strategies, and different ways that you can express uh, how you want to play the game. And that, to me, is, is probably the coolest thing that, that Legion has managed to, to do. And going into to Life Day, I guess my, my wish list for 3PO Claws is I want more battle cards, man. I want some more cards to keep changing up that metagame and, and keep the competitive stuff fresh. I want a, a rebel tank that's, a, that's kind of a heavy unit instead of a speeder that flies around. I'm selfish. Um, I want something to, to hold down the, the center of a, of a battlefield for my, for my rebels. And I want to find a way, and I know this is, this is a reach for 3PO Claws, I want a way for Rebel Pathfinders not to be terrible. I know that's a stretch and that's a long way to go, but but we'll see what we can have uh, have happen. Uh, so thank you guys for listening to the Fifth Trooper and have a happy life day. I'm Mboyha. You can call me Ben of Team Relentless, and I make the Playbook YouTube series, which tries to teach you how to do something very specific in Legion a little bit better than maybe you already do it. Uh, so the short version of why I love Legion is because I love Star Wars and I love strategy games. But the longer version is that when I was a kid, I used to play the Star Wars collectible card game by Decipher, and it actually played quite a significant role in shaping who I am today and the way that I view other people. And I really view Star Wars Legion as a continuation of uh, that very formative experience I had uh, as a young person in my friendly local gaming store in Walla Walla, Washington, North Star Comics, uh, uh, doing something I'd never done before and really growing greatly as a person because of that. Um, I'm very thankful for the Legion community. I would not still be playing Star Wars Legion if it weren't for the community and the positive relationships that I've been able to make with other people who play the game and other content creators. It's been a joy to be a part of Team Relentless and to be able to uh, talk with so many other uh, great players of the game and lovers of the game as well. Uh, being involved in the Discord and with Invader League and the Yavin Base Team League have been wonderful. And the responses that I've been getting to the, the Playbook YouTube series have uh, very much encouraged me to continue to stay active in this community and enjoy it as a as a hobby but also as a way to connect with other people who care greatly for good things like legion um, my legion christmas list is staps uh, i want single trooper aerial platforms for my droid army many people know that i love repulsor vehicles especially the 74z speeder bikes and i think staps would be attractive on the board super fun to play and i think it'd be really cool if there were like three to four models per unit to get the droid swarm feel and something like defense or agile keywords to help get them timely dodges and make them feel kind of hard to shoot and a sort of glass cannon repulsor vehicles for the droids that's that's my wish list so yeah, so that was some of our other community friends out there. Uh, you know, we tried to get Kingsley for this too, but it took him 45 minutes to set up his mic, so we just passed. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, buddy. Seriously, though. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's talk about this. So we're all heading into uh hell months right we got three months left uh or so until worlds all of us here on this uh 
podcast today all have world's tickets. What are you guys, I'm going to, we'll do two, two questions, I guess. The first one is, uh, what are you the most nervous about? And I will start with Mike slash ghost walking. Oh, I'm nervous about picking a faction. Um, I have absolutely no idea what I would like to play and figuring out what I want to do and actually getting it painted in time is giving me a little bit of anxiety and we've still got a, you know, three months to go. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm. I was originally going to take CIS, and then I've had some bad experiences with uh, getting blown off the table by shore troopers. <laughs> so now I think I'm going to take shore troopers, but I need to paint my entire Empire army, and uh, that's going to be quite the task. Oh, if it's anything like you did before uh, Kappa Cup, you had it done in like a week, so you'll be f- you'll be fine. That was like 36 hours of energy drinks and painting, though. <laughs> I really don't want to go through that again. <laughs> you can do it staying up till four in the morning <laughs> i think you should wait till the last week because those things looked really good so you did a good job now that's probably what i'm nervous about and then uh, actually just making a good name for myself there's not going to be any weak links in that tournament so you're going to be playing top tier competition every game mm-hmm. so you got to represent well so, never faced something of that caliber all right so just to follow that i'll get i'll get back to the other question for everyone but to follow that train of thought at, at a world's event, what do you think is a good showing for anyone who goes? Like, what do, you, what do you go? What do you look at someone at their record and you go, you know what? Yeah, you did pretty good. That is a big deal. Um, I would say if you go two and two through four games, you at least prove that you belong. Um, I'm, I'm aiming for three and one. Um, I think I have a pretty decent shot of getting at that. But uh, as long as I get two wins, I'll be happy with my showing. Anybody disagree with that? Uh, <laughs> not to sound like the pompous jerk of the group, but uh, yeah, I think if you don't make day two, ugh, that's a feel bad, frankly. So three one. So so for those of you who don't know, in the two heats going into worlds, you have to be three and one to to move to move to day two. Yeah, I feel like that's overly generous, honestly. Um, I mean, to be able to play four games and drop a game. Um, hmm. I mean, I don't know. That's interesting. Okay, I yeah. I could see that on the on the day two because I think that's well, no, I mean day two. How many are coming out of day two? Four, eight, uh, eight, four. four out of four. No, four coming out of day okay, two. Okay, yeah. so all right, well then, yeah, I don't know. Three and one is interesting to make make it to day two and three and one. I don't know. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think. It's- so interestingly, um, it's unclear exactly how this is going to work, but at least based on the language in the in the article this last week, um, that one loss will still continue to hurt you on day two because your your tournament points uh, is literally what it said in the article carry over into day two. So that's a little weird to um, me. I think just because um, it feels like it should sort of be like a cut. Uh... Yeah, um, I agree. Like if you're going to do that, why not just? take the undefeateds from the two days instead of the three and right ones. like if, um, if you're going to take x and one everybody should be on a level playing field going into day two right. instead of like oh i'm yeah. x and one i literally have no chance to make the top four basically um yeah it's not super clear like how they're you know like are they going to do swiss pairings the first round again like is this just you know eight round swiss it's not super clear how that's going to work but i was a little confused by um the fact that it said your tournament points carry over from day one to day two. It's not really clear what that means in practice. Yeah. I mean, it's possible we can advocate in the meantime for that not to be the case. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Yep. 
um, frankly. Yeah. All right. So let's go with Zach. What are you most nervous about? <sighs> um, a couple things come to mind, uh, but I have to say it's vital assets. Um, the point being is that like you want to have reps with these new cards and if it drops at a certain point and you don't get those reps, it's just going to be nerve wracking and you're not going to know what to bring. You're not going to know what to cut. I mean, you can have a general idea of what you want to bring and what you want to cut, but you could honestly, like, let's say if it comes out, like, let's, let's say it's even 30 days before worlds and I'm being generous here, even if it's 30 days before worlds, you know, I have a kid and a wife, it's tough for me to get reps in. So in 30 days, how many how many good reps am I going to get with vital assets and before world starts? And I have a fear that I won't have the amount of reps with those cards to feel comfortable going to worlds with those cards. But I'm probably going to need to bring some of them because there's certain cards that don't fit a list that I have too. You know what I mean? So it's going to be an interesting wild card. Um, but I'd say that that's probably the most nervous I am about anything is is that if that vital assets comes out right before worlds and we're scrambling. Okay. Uh Dash, what about you? What are you what are you most nervous about? Um we're getting all my stuff painted on time. Mostly I guess in time for LVO. Um I don't think my list is gonna substantially change between LVO and Adepticon unless Iden comes out probably. Um so uh, it's it's mostly just getting my stuff painted because I hate painting and you know we're a year and a half essentially into this game and I do not have an 800 point army painted presently <laughs> so. yeah and uh, LVO is instituting the three color rule this year for the so even though yeah. we've been very like we've always talked about I think on both podcasts that one of the nice things about Legion was that it doesn't have a color requ- painting requirement. It's starting to turn out that the larger events are going to have uh, painting requirements, it seems. Yeah. Well, it's mostly just Adepticon. And, and LVO's got it too. Yeah, I think, I think the three three color minimum is just going to be a standard, like it is kind of in most war games. Um, it was sort of nice before not to have it, but um, I think we're kind of getting to the point where people are seeing that as a requirement so that's the thing that i'm most nervous about it's and I, i'm not overly nervous about it it's just a thing on my list that i've got to get done all right now let's be real you don't want to paint boss because he made that big save against kyle at the rpq oh I, he was great i actually so <laughs> i have all of my imperial characters painted actually um oh, okay i i really enjoy painting characters like that's fun to me um, i don't like I, I don't like painting stormtroopers and shore troopers and all that jazz there it's kind of bland hey uh hey zach you all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah little caveat i'm sitting in my kid's bed <laughs> <laughs> mike fell over oh, well, boom. sorry sorry <laughs> perfect uh evan what are you nervous about Okay, so I was going to go like all in on clones and just bring whatever came out, but the fact that everything got pushed back, yeah, I don't know if I'll have time to get enough reps into play. So I've been just trying to build... Uh... So my nervous is like I won't have enough reps with clones to play what I want to play, so I've been falling back on Rebels and just trying to make a Hoth-themed Rebel list that works. And uh, it's hard. 
so I, these releases is really what I'm worried about. When is the stuff actually going to come out? Um, you know, I know there's, you know, delays and I get that and I'm not pointing fingers, but uh, I do need the pieces in my hands to paint and play them. Uh, so I'm just nervous about what I'm actually going to have available for the tournament to come out and what I'm actually going to be able to use. All right. Kyle. Uh, so this is going to be an amalgamation of what you guys said already. Um, uh, I'm nervous about getting reps in. Like Zach, I have um, you know, usually trouble getting as many as I'd want to. Um, so uh, I'm sure I'll end up playing something very similar to just what I'm used to playing because I'm not going to have a lot of time to experiment with new stuff, probably. Um, but that's one. Um, second is just time limits. That's always my... Um, like to the extent that I have any anxiety going into a tournament, it's that I tend to, um, I always have a six turn plan. You guys know that I'm a pretty like conservative defensive player. Um, and I like to do a lot of positioning and attrition and stuff. And then think about objectives in the last few turns. But if you don't know when those turns are going to be, um, you know, it throws a wrench, at least in my play style personally. So, um, I know that the time limits will be longer this year, but I think also things are going to take longer. Um, you know, you've got a lot of mechanics uh, with extra tokens and stuff from Clone Wars and, um, you know, creature troopers and all that that just take longer. So it's unclear whether the extended time limits are going to be enough to, like, guarantee a six-turn game every time, which is, you know, personally what I would prefer. So um, that's that's hmm. it for me. All right. Well, it sounds like just the normal stuff, like, reps and painting <laughs> it seems like that's what everybody's pretty nervous about that's good yeah i mean i will say that i would like to see um a timeline for tournament legality as far as units go that is longer than it is right now like i think right now it's what 11 days is that the yeah it's 11 days it yep and and i think that that's yep. frankly um Given the volatility of the release schedule, um, and it's not something people can count on, I would like it to see it be like a month. Um, and, and I don't think that that really messes with things. Um, at least at least yeah. for large events like Adepticon and LVO and things of that nature. Like for, for an RBQ or a Prime, okay, whatever. It can be 11 days or it doesn't matter. But I think for these big events that really matter that people are like flying out to and you've got to do a lot of planning in advance for, um, I think not being able to count on things happening on a specific date is incredibly important and it probably should be changed a little bit. Going on. Go ahead. Kyle. Yeah. I, I agree with that a lot. So, yeah, I mean, so do you guys feel like I was thinking about this the other day, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this and LVO coming and uh, I, I feel like I have there's the, the shorelines and the tons, of course, will be there. But I also feel like at LVO a little less, but for Worlds, if, if a lot of that stuff comes out in January, February, like I have no idea what to expect for Worlds as far as what I'm going to be up against. And then also like being able to get reps in against stuff that I haven't fully seen on the table, like R2 or, you know, or clones at their full, full strength when they get to phase two in the tanks. Like I, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a ton of stuff that it could be potentially available for worlds that 
I think a lot of players out there just aren't going to have experience against. Kind of piggybacking off of that, there's like going to be, what, 164 people playing? So one of the things about Invader, especially when you get into the elimination rounds, is we kind of have an idea of who most of these people are who are playing Invader. So you kind of know what their styles are and what lists you're going to see. But we realistically don't know 60 to 80 people whatsoever that are going to be at Worlds. And there's going to be a whole number of lists and local metas and things that are represented that we just have no experience with and have no idea how to counter. I don't know about no Less idea, idea I should say. but I get, I get where you're Here going. Here we go. Mike, I can, Mike, I can <laughs> I just, counter anything, Barry. That's 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 what we call it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Those tauntauns were pretty easy the other day. Um, yeah, no, I mean that's a valid point. Like last year, um, we kind of saw Sabs and Medics come onto the scene, um, you know, for the first time at at Adepticon. So, uh, you know, that was something that Daniel Lupo had been crushing people with locally, but obviously he didn't play Invader League. Um, and it's not something that a lot of people were expecting. So I'm sure there'll be at least one or two like actually successful uh, sort of new list archetypes that that show up. I'm sure that there will be many more um, <laughs> suboptimal, <laughs> uh, un- unusual skew type builds that people show up with that um, could also catch people by surprise, but maybe aren't as consistent across like in an eight game, 10 game tournament. But I mean, I'd like to see Jin on the other side of the table, um, with my short yeah. troopers. That would make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me like, there's going to be some lists where you're like, wow, that's really interesting and unexpected. I'm not quite sure what to do with this. And then there are going to be others where it's like, wow, that's really interesting and unexpected. Um, I know exactly what to do with this. So <laughs> I think my major concern in you know to piggyback off of the you know units and mike's idea of 30 days out too is that like you know brendan you know he's great at what he does don't get me wrong but brendan's only one guy and i'm sure he'll get a judge team together that would be great but i think you're going to end up running into a lot of rules questions and during a you know timed event like it's going to be it's you really need those questions to be hammered out pretty fast um, but with all sorts of new units possibly being out, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting on how many times the judge gets called and how much time that takes away from your game and stuff like that. And I think you need to be prepared for that. Yeah. I think that's especially going to be true if vital assets drops shortly before worlds. Yeah. Um, the, the stuff, the cars we've seen from vital assets so far are not trivial. Like they look sort of complicated, frankly. Um, well, and I'll say this too. So we got, <laughs> I don't mind saying it again. We got yelled at for saying it the first time, but my concern about how the primes and RPQs work in general is that you can have, and I'll, I'll use us as an example. You can have someone from here, from upstate New York at some local shop that got that ended up with a prime and RPQ, get a world's invite and come and play at worlds, but they've been like insulated into their local group, you know, because we, you know, Evan and I up here in upstate New York, we've played pretty much everyone that plays around here in any like capacity as far as, you know, going to tournaments and stuff. And so we, we know everybody here and we share information among those people. And so one of my concerns isn't that you're not going to be good enough to play at Worlds, but that how many times have you guys run into people 
at LVO or Adepticon last year where they were running a rule like completely wrong because everyone in their group ran that rule that way. Oh, right. Lots of times. Like, you know, um, it, I mean, I still run into people today that like firmly don't understand the cover rules. And it's just because like their local meta thought it, you know, the rule was one thing and it, you know, um, the, the rules are, are can be kind of tough to analyze if you're not going over them with a fine tooth, you know, comb. And, and so, you know, there, there's stuff that gets missed all the time. Yeah. Um, and go ahead. And I, yeah. Well, I was going to no, say like, yeah, like stuff like that, or even like, uh, hitting, uh, like getting sab, sabotage moisture evaporators. And you think you can spend both your actions to, to wound or heal it. You know, like there's all kinds of crazy stuff that people do or think that they can do that you can't. Yeah, I think that's going to come up with vital assets, mm-hmm. too. Like, you know, if I mean, I think you can you can read the hostage exchange card on there and it's just. You read the card and it's not real apparent what is actually going on until you like put the stuff on the table and start yeah. doing things. Um which, you know, f- that's fine. We need more complicated stuff involved in the game. But if you haven't played with it a ton or your local group, like, misinterprets how it's actually supposed to go, which I think is a real possibility, um, and then yep. you get to Worlds and you're like, oh, this is how this works, and it's turn two and things have gone horribly. You know? Yeah, it could turn into a gotcha moment when you don't really right, expect or it to. Or you're planning to do, like, well, your whole plan, your whole turn zero the uh, setup and deployment was all based around this misconception that you had of how it worked. And now you're basically in turn two, you find out how it actually works and you've, you've completely misplayed and it's over. Yeah. I mean, I guarantee you at least one time R2 is going to get bounty. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody checks, yeah. not everybody checks the, yeah. the rules errata or knows that that forum thread exists. You know, like there's going to be at least one time where someone's like, I bounty R2, and the opponent's like, All right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, speak, speaking of things like that, what do you guys think about this? That it's worlds for FFG, right? So, I would think that somebody from FFG's development team should actually be at worlds to be the final voice on questions. Because if a unit's only been out for say eleven days, even Brendan might not know all the ins and yeah, outs I mean, of it. Alex and he might need that higher year, power. So um, I would hope that you know somebody's there again this year. I mean, it was really cool to have him there last year. And while he wasn't like an official judge or anything, he gave his input when he felt it was needed or necessary. Like that Darth Vader right. force push. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, just like that. <laughs> Um, okay, let's uh, let's break for another another message from the community. Hi, my name is Tim. Uh, you may know me as Crabok. You can find me at Crabok.com or YouTube channel Crabok, C-R-A-B-B-O-K. And I love Star Wars Legion. Some of the things I love about Star Wars Legion is the painting and hobbying aspect of Legion, as this was one of my first. Uh, real hobbyist games that uh, caused me to try to elevate my painting game a little bit and I'm still not there yet but uh, I do really enjoy that as a matter of fact it's one of the few things I don't make YouTube videos about very often a lot of times when I paint I just do that 
for myself and that's kind of my serenity and my uh, my relaxing time. Uh, another thing I love about Legion is the terrain, the way it uses terrain in these really awesome ways, the flexibility it gives you with terrain and also some of the terrain that I've been able to start working on or have like 3D printed and support some of our amazing uh, community that makes terrain. Uh, the terrain aspect setting up, letting my kids kind of come in and help build tables. It's just super, super fun. So those are some of the things that I love about Legion. Things I'm thankful about uh, in regards to Legion, well, I want to give a couple of shout outs to some people. Uh, so first off, I want to thank uh, Josiah Burkhartsmeyer. Uh, he hooked me up with an SN Obi-Wan, which was really, really amazing. And uh, I really appreciate the thought and the effort that it took for him uh, to bring that back from Germany for me. So that was, I feel very, very lucky because I know they didn't make very many of those. And, uh, you know, it's a, definitely a luxury to be able to have something like that. So thanks to Josiah. Uh, I also want to thank uh, some of my friends that uh, kind of have been with me along this journey of tabletop gaming. I want to thank my friend Sean, who is a big part of a lot of my battle reports. Yeah, you probably recognize him from most, uh, probably more than half of my battle reports uh, are, are against him. I also want to thank my friend David, who brought me deeper into the world of tabletop gaming when I used to only play X-Wing. He kind of was a gateway mechanism for me to determine, you know, discover a larger world of gaming, uh, which led to basically being more open-minded and exploring more games, which has led me to games like Star Wars Armada and Star Wars Legion and lots of other games that I might not have discovered otherwise. Uh, also, I have to thank my wife for being so supportive uh, during my time working on YouTube and playing all these games and letting me buy all of these games and letting me go play and leaving her with three kids while I go out to a store and play games for a couple hours during the day. And of course, letting me just fill our garage up with boxes upon boxes and paints and miniatures and all of that nonsense. So <laughs> she's just uh, she's an amazing partner to have in life. So a big thank you to my wife, Sarah. Now, my Christmas list regarding Legion, well, I don't really, like, I'm, I already know the stuff that's coming out in December, so my Christmas list is a little different. I don't have any specific things in mind for Legion that I'd like to have under uh, my tree or in my stocking, but I am hoping to see some new announcements, uh, particularly Darth Maul. Uh, I really want more lightsaber wielders in this game, and while I do expect we will get a lot more, I am uh, I'm anxious to see them. I'm anxious to see how maybe sculpts might look, uh, what their abilities might look like, and I even did a really, really silly goofball video advocating for Darth Maul, so I really want to see Darth Maul in the game. Uh, I want a Gungan army. I want Gungans announced. I mean, sub-factions as a whole would be awesome. Uh, I think the Mandalorian's gonna possibly pave the way for a lot of cool sub-faction-based things, but I really want to see them Gungans, and, like, that would be awesome. And I think that's, uh, well, that's all the stuff I could think of. There's a whole lot more that I probably want, but I'm also spoiled, and I think of things that I want all the time, so I gotta, you gotta just be grateful for what we have. Hey everybody, my name is LJ Pena of Discord fame, Invader League fame, LVO fame. Happy to talk to you and give you a little introduction about myself and talk for the 5th Trooper tonight. Um, 
If you don't know me, I'm involved in a lot of different projects in the community as well as running various tournaments throughout the circuit. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I'm involved with. I started with the Legion Discord um, and I also moved on to running the Online Invader League and also to running in-person tournaments such as the Las Vegas Open and helping with Adepticon last year. Uh, I'm here to talk about, you know, what I'm thankful for and why I love Legion. You know, right now when I look at those questions, I love Legion because I can run Grievous and Dooku in the same list. And that's no joke, that's just the way I feel about it. Uh, seeing, you know, those classic characters on the table together is honestly what makes it for me sometimes. And just the theme that is soaked into almost every aspect of the game is a big reason why I'm so excited to play it every time I put my armies on the table. And, uh, you know, that's honestly a big thing that I'm thankful for is that I have an outlet to where, you know, I can be excited about that. And not only that, but I can share that excitement with other people and get to interact with, uh, you know, so many amazing community members on you know basically a daily basis uh and apart from that my christmas list i had to think about this for a minute but now that i have enjoyed said grievous dooku list so much my legion christmas list is most definitely six sis upgrade packs because man those personal expansions are going to stack up when you try to run all of them but you know six radiation cannons just sounds like a bucket of fun as well as maybe rocking the six snipers with grievous and dooku look out for that list and hopefully i'll have it ready by adepticon this year all right, so that's some more of our 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 good friends in the community. I you know, I think that's uh we were talking earlier about things that we love about Legion, and one of the things that I love is uh our community. Like sure, everyone's got good good spots and bad spots, but I would say that 95% of the community, the content community is is great. Like I don't know. Everyone's been cool to me for the most part. And I, I enjoy talking to them and I enjoyed having them on to do this as well. You can just say my name if I'm the 5% Jay. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it was specifically you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I just wanted you to know like in a non-direct way that this is your last episode. So <laughs> third time's the charm. <laughs> so Merry Christmas. You're fine. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh no so what i uh our last little topic here before we hit some more of the community stuff in part one is i'd like to hear from all of us um i'm sure everyone out there what has that unit or that thing that they would love to see in legion from star wars and so i thought we could also do that same thing and uh why don't i kick this one off to evan first evan what's something that you would love to see on the table in legion uh gungans <laughs> straight gungans uh i actually we were just at uh jay's little while ago playing some games and uh he put on some star wars movies while we were playing and we all looked up at the uh end of episode one and you see like the gungan force and as much as like unfortunately jar jars become like the butt of most jokes uh their giant shield generators and their boombas and all their soldiers actually look pretty cool when you see them all lined up so I remember uh, Alex a long time ago in, uh, I think it was last Gen Con or last Adepticon actually, mentioned that Gungans might be a like a sub-race or a sub-faction. Uh, so it'd be really cool to see one of those big shield generator creatures on the f uh, field getting pushed up by uh, like random Boomba launchers or something like that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So we, when we were over here playing, I was like, I would straight put that army on the table like today. I wouldn't even care. Right? Would, like yeah. it looks super yeah. cool. 
And they made that in the rules. It says uh, like what huge base for creature yep. troopers, like in the actual rules. So like deep down, I'm like, please don't be a rank or please be a Gungan shield generator. Yeah. Well, and they had, you know, like we, when we were watching it, we were just like, okay, there's your, there's your infantry. There's your cavalry. There's your tanks. You know what? Like they had all the makings that Legion has. So you could, you could find a, a character or unit for each one of those areas. And I think that would be super cool, you know? Agreed. So Zach, uh, you're up. What what uh what would you love to see on the table for Legion? I'm gonna I'm gonna make this one a cop out. Um, as everyone knows, you uh, son. Of- <laughs> I'm known as Thrawn on the Discord. I'm a huge Thrawn fan, and I've been convinced this past week that he does fit Legion a little bit more in the new canon. So Thrawn is definitely a character I'd love to see. And 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 I've already painted my Veers as a Thrawn. So I guess uh. I have, you know, if Thrawn ever came out, I'd have to, I'd have to, you know, uh, think about maybe repainting Veers, but um, Thrawn on the table would be great. I think his, you know, possibility on some command cards and some ways he interacts on the game would be fantastic. Um, You know, I really don't think old Thrawn would fit well in Legion, but, you know, new Thrawn, when I think about it, he does. And uh, I'd be Hmm. super excited to see him. Yeah, so I'll do mine real quick and then we'll kick it to the other boys. Uh, mine is the uh, TIE Strikers from uh, Rogue One. Mm. Like the the things that were on Scarif that were the were fighting the X-Wings. And I always I always ask Evan this because Evan's uh, the X-Wing player. But I'm like, I think those are, are atmosphere only, like in atmosphere only ships, just like the airspeeders. And Evan's always like, yeah, it never made sense why they were in X-Wing. Like we don't understand. And so... Um, I would love for the for the Empire to to have an airships, you know, I mean, I know we've had a lot of a lot of problems with the with the with the airspeeder there uh, and it not being great in Legion or good uh, at times. But I really hope that I would love to see some air power for for the Empire or, or for any of the other, you know, factions. But. I'd love to see some more flying stuff on the board. That would be cool. It'd be interesting because it does have a bomb slot, so they could introduce a new mechanic, like, uh, like some sort of bomb or like right because bombs yeah, like are an area game. effect or so something. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like a carpet bomb, maybe that'd be interesting. Yeah. All right, let's kick it to Mike Dashes Barry. Yeah. So I, um, I'm going to go with something considerably newer uh i have played through um jedi fallen order it is an amazing game i really um recommend it to anybody that hasn't played it yet if you have some type of machine that will run it um i really want to see the second sister in this game um i think she was a really cool character and i think the empire has some you know uh openings for cheaper force units that are like i don't know less than 200 points um so yeah that's kind of what i would like to see uh let's go with mike ghost walking i'm a little disappointed because second sister was going to be my answer there um but i would also like i would also like to see a wookiee army um that little scene in revenge of the sith when they have the kashik beach infiltration there's clearly a number of different wookiee subtypes that they could make and um they're like my favorite models that I have painted. There's something that's thematically cool about a Wookiee running across a table and ripping up a stormtrooper. 
So if we could have, you know, like a couple Wookiee commanders, maybe one of their flying vehicles and some, you know, straight bowcaster Wookiees, I think that would be a nice addition to the game. Maybe like a rebel or a republic sub faction. Yeah, I mean, you know, as much as uh, I don't enjoy all of the prequels, I enjoy parts of them. Uh, there's definitely a ton of stuff in there for Legion. That's that's for sure. So you you know there's tons of options for for other factions or sub factions. I think. Um, but Kyle, what about you? Um, I'd love to see Rebels get like a vehicle commander, um, like uh, you know someone that is good with um, like ATRTs mm. or something like that. You know, like a Veers, like a Rebel Veers. Um, I think that'd be neat. Just because I feel like right now it's, you know, everything is trooper-based, um, you know, and even more so than that, it's like the Luke and Leia show still. Uh, it'd just I be mean, nice for Rebels to get some more commander variety. Like, do should peasants really have vehicles? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Rebels are the worst. Oh, poor David is not here to defend the land speeder that took five crits. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I, I, I think I think last year my answer was uh, I'd love to see the T forty seven be great again. Um, it got a nice points drop, which is helpful, but I think it's still being hurt by the fact that Rebels don't have a Veers. And um, being able to use dodge tokens for crits would be helpful. I mean, not even specifically. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, so that you know, make Z six troopers <laughs> decent again, right? Like, uh, I'm a I'm a historical Z six lover. I'm an old man clutching uh, my Z six and my uh, uh, slow to change hands. But um, yeah, I don't know. One of those two things. All right. Cool. Well, do you guys have anything else that you would like to say that was on topic for this episode? Um, yeah, I can throw something in real quick. I would like to see oh it's good stuff. Don't worry. I'd like to see right. more attendance at primes. Um, I think it'd be great to sp- maybe advertise a little bit more so that we can have more 12 person primes instead of six to eight, just to help spread the word and build the communities. So I think that would be a cool goal for 2020 that the entire community could actually reasonably attain if we move, like move forward together to get to double digit prime averages. You can come down to Virginia anytime. Apparently, I, there's a uh, I do 20 monthly. person prime in Vancouver coming up. Um, they already have like I think 24 people signed up or something like that. Oh. Um, hmm. So that's good to see that you know they're getting that much pre attendance. Of course, when the day comes, hopefully they all show up. But um, seems like it's going to be a pretty big day out there in Vancouver. Yeah. Well, the problem is with a lot of things with FFG, they kind of do their thing and then hand it off to everyone else to kind of push it forward. So I think like a lot of the primes and RPQs, it's like I, as a store pay X dollars to get it. And then it's up to me to generate the people to come. And, you know, FFG puts in the little like booklet for the, for the RPQ anyways, like you should have enough table space for up to, for at least 20 players. And I think at our RPQ way back, I mean, it's almost a year ago now, but back in May, like we, we had 12 and it was like, okay, that's, this is good, but it's not, you know, the store owner was like, yeah, they said there was going to be 20, (laughs) you know? And so it's hard for store owners. If you're not connected to the community in any 
uh, in any way. Like if you're not a huge Legion player, but you own a store and you, and you know, you have Legion guys coming in, it's like, okay, how do I promote this to get more people there? And so there needs to be, you know, maybe FFG or somebody needs to step up and like really start promoting these stores and really pushing them to the forefront and saying, Hey, you know, next month, here's the primes and maybe that's our job and maybe we need to do a better job at doing that too. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the thing that we need to keep in mind is that fantasy flight games is first and foremost a company that makes board and miniatures games at this point. They like organized play has never been and is not now um, like a huge focus for them. Like it's clearly more of a focus than it was last year. Um, but you know, they've been going through a lot of changes with the organized play department over the last couple of years. And, um, I don't know. It's just, this isn't an esport like level of level of thing yet. It would be awesome if it could eventually get there. Um, but I, I do think that that's a little bit of a, of a pipe dream, at least for the next few years. It's my Christmas wish, Mike. I know. So there, <laughs> there you go. Jay's Christmas wish, everybody. Uh, all right. <laughs> I, I don't think that one's coming true, but you know, one can hope. Yeah. Don't tell David that. <laughs> I mean, the one thing about primes, and, and and you know, that was all positive. I guess the one thing that you could say about attendance is somewhat hurt by the way that primes and RPQs work with invites. And I think, you know, all of us can say that we're we're kind of hesitant to go to other primes or RPQs because we know, you know, people in the area that are going and we don't want to take their chance away from, you know, their chance at Worlds. Um, so I think that's another factor in the attendance issue per se. But I don't really know how you fix that. It's just, you know, something that's just, I think, always going to be there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a real, real good way to fix that um, generally. And... I don't know. I mean, I think that the um, this we've we're in like a weird space this year where we had the RPQs and then we had like a second round of primes, and I think that that was, I mean, I don't know, but that felt weird to me and kind of awkward. And I feel like typically we're probably only going to have one round of those as opposed to two in a season. Um, if I had to make an educated guess yeah i mean i think that's explicitly how it was supposed to work when they originally announced the concept of the world structure right is that each store can host one qualifying event each year whether that's you know at the time that was rpqs then they initiated the prime structure and it sounds like at least this uh competitive season stores got basically a second shot to host another tournament so in theory, you're getting like twice as many. Um, so I could see next year them essentially saying like, look, this competitive season, you get one prime, you know, right. primes are not Hopefully. changing in name again. <laughs> um, they're they're going to be primes uh, and you get one over your course of your competitive season. And that could also help just increase the individual attendance because there will be less invites to go around. So... Well, and Evan, uh, what was that thing you were talking about with X-Wing that they do? Uh, with with what for X-Wing? I talked about they, X-Wing. Where they put they put the um, 
they stop the season like a couple months before Worlds or something like that. Oh yeah, they do like kind of uh, off seasons where there's not like constant Worlds invites or anything. So you actually get a few months just to breathe and not constantly be worrying for your next next invite. So right now, um, the 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 system opens are kicked up, but the store championships are not. So right now you've got a few months off before you need to start worrying about store championships again. Like with Legion lately, it's been like we've we you can plan a whole year out, right? Of just pro- like primes and where to go to get to them. Uh, with X Wing, like they usually do them toward the end of the year, so you can kind of just pick a list and figure it out, and you're not like running all over the place. Hmm. Well, anywho, that is our view of the world from the Fifth Trooper Network this holiday season. Uh, This has been part one of our two-part holiday episode. You can catch the second part uh, tomorrow on the 5th Trooper podcast. We uh, We will talk to you tomorrow. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.